Thank you, worship team. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I appreciate your church tonight for your faithful giving. We know that God will abundantly bless you because his word declares that. It's a promise. He said, I will rebuke the devourer. He said, your, your, your uh, storehouses and will, be, will be filled with plenty. Amen. They'll burst with new wine. He said that in the word. See if I'll not pour you out a blessing that you cannot even contain it. Praise God. I can tell you, if you have been, you know what? I can tell you right now, if you have been faithful, you stand up and say, if you have been faithful in your tithes and your offerings, if you have been faithful in your tithes and your offerings, and you've been faithful in your giving as God has prospered you and blessed you, like his word declares, God has to make true to his word. Let me just say it again. He has to because he cannot lie. The Bible says that, that God cannot lie. If he is limited, he's only limited in that, that he cannot lie. He will not lie. His, his word is truth. And when he says, I promised you that if you give, it shall be given unto you. If you honor the Lord with your first fruits... So shall thy barns be filled with plenty. You will always be taken care of. When you need a house, God will make sure you have a house. Amen. We got some folks in here that got some new places this year. Praise the Lord. What seemed like an impossibility, what seemed like every time you went to go look at a place, it was taken up or it was too much restriction or too much of this or too much of that. And God made a way where there seemed to be no way. I'm going to tell you something. We did away with testimony services years ago because people went on and on. It wasn't a testimony. It was just a moany. But there is a testimony and a necessity for testimony because it proves what God has done. And it proves what He's going to do. That He's the same yesterday, today, and for yesterday, today, and forever. And what He's done in the past, He'll do again. He'll do it again. He'll do it again and again. I'm not even singing the song tonight, but I could. But he'll do it again. He's faithful. He's a prayer answering God. He always comes through trusting God's without disappointment. There's nothing impossible with, with God. Are you hearing me? And so when his word says to you and I, you know, begin to sow into the kingdom and begin to be faithful in your tithes and offerings, you can take it to the bank. Not the bank of America, but the bank of God. You can say, Lord, I've invested in this kingdom. I've invested in glory. Amen. I've stored up my treasures in heaven. And he says, when you have a need, watch as I begin to open up the windows of heaven. As I rip open the heavens for you and I pour you out a blessing you cannot even contain. Maybe some of you are sitting there tonight saying, well, I haven't been faithful. Well, start. Start. Feather your own nest. Don't stop and rob yourself from a blessing that God wants to pour out upon you. Amen? Because equally with the promise that He gives you that He'll pour out the blessing and rebuke the devourer, and so shall your barns be filled with plenty, and he'll, you'll reap what you've sown. He also says in Malachi that, um, that He said, you're cursed with a curse when you don't. So you don't want to be cursed with a curse. You want to be blessed with a blessing. And so be faithful in that area of your life, especially in the time that we're living in. Because I can tell you, as Becky always says, God's math is not our math. 
He's bigger than our problems and bigger than all of that. And I'm not trying to get into your money. I'm already rich in Jesus. Amen. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a poor rich man. I'm not poor. I'm rich in Christ Jesus. I eat every day. I got a roof over my head. Amen. He's provided a place for me. I got a, had a car to drive here tonight. Got gas in that car. So thankful, amen, for everything that he's done. I'm grateful. God is good all the time. We got a reason to shout and praise God, not walk around like this. He never said have a slack jaw and be bent over. Come on now. We got a reason to shout and praise the Lord. Some of you used to be drug addicts. You're free tonight. Some of you used to be bound by the devil. You're free tonight. Some of you used to be homeless. Some of you were hungry on the street. Some of you were going through the lowest place of your life, but Jesus picked you up and turned you around. You got a reason to shout and praise the Lord tonight. Everybody's got a testimony. I was never a drug addict. I was never an alcoholic. I was a lot of other things. But I'm grateful tonight that he took this old boy and he redeemed me. He reconciled me back unto himself. The prodigal came home one day to Jesus, the father. And he began to wrap his arms around me. And I'm grateful today. I got a testimony of the goodness of God. Be faithful. Watch as God is faithful to you. There's too many testimonies in this house that prove God's word. Not just what's written, but what we know is our own testimony. That was all free. That had nothing to do with what I'm preaching tonight. God bless you all for your giving. And I pray God will abundantly bless you. All those that are going to their classes tonight can go ahead and go. You're free to go. Youth, children, sparks, young adults, I think, are in or out tonight, brother. They're out. Young adults, you can follow Brother Kevin in the black jacket back there, and he's going to show you where to go next door. If you have your Bibles tonight, I want you to turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. We're going to get right into this real quickly here so that I can redeem the time. Redeem the time. Because just like our life here upon this earth, we have to redeem the time while we have it. For the days are evil, and we must redeem the time. And I've got to redeem the time because it statistically, psychologically, they say... And psychology has its place, but psychologically, they say that I got about 30 minutes with you. So I'm going to get on with it. Amen? So in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, are you there? The Bible says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, this is my opening text, just one verse. He says in the Word of God, Brethren, I count not... Myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth unto those things which are before. Verse 14, I'll read it. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. And I want to read it in the Amplified. And it says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own yet, but one thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the heavenly prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Tonight I just simply want to pray over the word of God. But then I'm going to preach a thought entitled reaching forth. Reaching forth. 
Would you pray with me tonight over God's word? Father, we thank you tonight for the privilege and the honor to be here, to come and to break open the bread of life and to hear the word and to hear the scriptures that bring entrance, Lord, to truth and light. It is truth and light, your word is, but God, the word of it brings faith to believe what we're what we're supposed to believe and what is going to be the greatest eternal benefit to us and blessing to our life. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And so tonight, let this word sink down deep in everything that's read and spoken tonight, Lord, in our hearts. Let it have found good ground tonight, Lord, as the seed of the word sinks down deep in our hearts. And God, will be careful to give you all the glory and honor. I bind every hindering force. I bind every negative thought. Thought. I bind the spirit of unbelief or discouragement or despair. I bind the devil in the name of Jesus and I plead the blood of Jesus over this congregation, our minds, our thoughts. God, and I pray that faith will begin to come alive and abound in our lives. And God, that it will be matured and exercised in our lives. And God, we give you all the praise and glory and honor. Have that own perfect will and way. In Jesus' name we ask. And everyone say, that means you agree now in prayer last night God led me here you know I'm like everybody sitting in this room I go through highs and lows and go through mountaintops and valleys and wildernesses like everybody sitting in here anybody that's pursuing God is going to go through different seasons and places in their life even the apostle Paul said I have I have learned in whatsoever state I'm in and whatever place I'm in and whatever condition it may be whether I'm being stoned or whether I'm being treated you know uh, and welcomed by the body of Christ and loved no matter whether I'm in a prison or whether I'm in somebody's house and they're treating me well, whether I'm in a, a Priscilla and Aquila's house or I'm in the dungeon I found in whatever state I'm in to be content. I'm content in Christ is what he's saying. I can do all things because Christ strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me in every state I'm in, in whatever condition, in whatever the circumstances are. I know that I am going to prevail because I serve the God who's already prevailed. I'm in victory because He won the victory. But in prayer, as I God led me here, and I had a wonderful, beautiful time in prayer last night, I believe God led me here because we can know every scripture on the cross and the blood. We can know all of the fundamentals about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God's love for us, His forgiveness, His mercy, His grace unto us, and His imminent return and everything about prophecy. We can know all of these things and still live defeated because we do not have the knowledge and the, and the tools and the spiritual skill set to order our lives. Amen? There's things we can know, but we don't order our lives, and so we live defeated because the devil says, see? See what's going on in your life? See how much of a fail you are? failure you are? See how much uh, you know, you're know you not doing what God wants you to do or becoming what God wants you to become? Do you see that? But God is trying to speak to us tonight through the Apostle Paul that we are to not look behind us, not be discouraged about what we 
we've not been or the things that we've been through that we're not proud of, but we're to forget those things that are behind us and press toward the things that are before us. Are you hearing me? We're to reach forth for the things that are before us. And I believe tonight God's trying to talk to some of us in here, if not every one of us. But David, I was reading, quoted a psalm, uh, wrote a psalm rather in Psalms chapter 43. I want you to turn there with me because it's very important to read this psalm tonight. But Psalms 43, this is what the scripture says in Psalms 43. And it's a five verse psalm, but it's very powerful. He starts out and he says, Judge me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. I just want to stop and say that I consider that an antichrist spirit of what's going on in the world, the climate in the world, the persecution against the church, and everything that's going on, it will weigh on you and it taxes you. And they have even said that even through COVID and through times of highs and lows in American history, that the, that, that the people of America are very, they're very pressed down, they're very depressed. You know, suicide is at an all-time high, even in young people, even greater than it's ever been. Depression, mental illness, or affliction in people's minds, and, and they're just going through anxiety and depression and all of these things. And I can tell you that it's a lot of it is because of the days that we're living in. The Bible talks about that. But, but David begins to speak, and he begins to say, Deliver me from the deceitful and the unjust man, and against the ungodly nation for you are the God of my strength why do you cast me off you know it's very easy sometimes if you're not careful for the devil to lead you to believe that God is against you but he's not against you he's for you and I tonight but he said why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy see we got to wake up sometimes and realize that you know what it doesn't matter what happens I'm not going to allow the enemy or things from my past or things that may seem to weigh me down destroy me I'm not going to allow that he says God send out your light and your truth let them lead me let them bring me unto your holy hill and unto your tabernacles then will I go unto the altar of God and unto God my exceeding joy yea upon the harp will I praise thee O God my God why art thou cast down O my soul you know sometimes you've got to talk to yourself amen you got to encourage yourself in the Lord. Sometimes you got to say, you know what, Jonathan, today, you're not going to allow these things to defeat you or get you down. You're not going to allow the fact that you don't have business. You're not going to, are getting business. You're not going to allow the fact that you're not getting sales. You're not going to allow the things that people say and the things that people do and the things that are going on around about you, the things that are in your mind. You're not going to allow these things to pull you down. You're going to say, wake up, buddy. Wake up, sister look in that mirror and say you know what why are you cast down you have no reason to be cast down you have no reason to be down depressed tormented God is moving in your favor why are you cast down oh my soul why art thou disquieted within me hope in God for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God I love that he's my salvation he is the health of my countenance God wants you and I tonight to have a healthy countenance 
He wrote it, not me. This psalm is full, pregnant with hope, pregnant with joy, pregnant with confidence in prayer, and an overcoming mindset. And he closes it with how God is the health of my countenance. And we need health overall, not just physical, but spiritual, and in all of our countenance. Our, 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 our outlook needs to be hopeful and positive. And look, I'm going to tell you right now, if, 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 when we were living in the world and living in sin and bound by the enemy and oppressed, we were depressed. We were beat down. We didn't even know we were that way. We didn't even know our life was unfruitful. We didn't even know the oppression of the enemy. But, but, but we come to Christ and we're not supposed to come to Christ and have, have, have received and live in all this joy and all of this positivity and all of this hopeful outlook of heaven with our faith and trust in a resurrected Savior we're not supposed to believe that in theory only but not live in it in our lives and let it be manifested in our lives what we see in this book is the way we're supposed to be come on somebody tonight God doesn't want us down depressed tormented sick or lame He wants us overcoming tonight He wants us to realize that it's joy unspeakable and full of glory you know I can tell you you may be going through something you say I'm not joyful. I'm not happy. I'm burdened down. Joy comes in the morning. Amen. The darkness only lasts for a moment, but joy's coming in the morning. We need a spiritual health in our countenance, an outlook that needs to be hopeful and positive. You know, somebody said years ago, they said, I don't believe in. The preacher should preach positive thinking. Well, this is the first time I've spoken it in a long, long time. But what's the alternative? Negative? We must be hopeful. Remove the word positive if that disturbs you. And put that word in there hopeful or faithful. Looking in faith. Looking in hope. Looking with something better. Looking eternally. You know? And so Paul knew this and he teaches us much in chapter 3 of Philippians. Going back to our opening text. He's clear God is always moving forward. He's always progressing. He's always reaching. Prophecy is never about the past as much as it is about the future. Prophecy that's in the past that has been fulfilled is in the past. And the, the good that comes out of it is that we know that God is a fulfiller of prophecy. But he's, prophecy is always looking forward to something ahead. And it's never really about the past but the future. And Paul knew to move forward, I must forget those things that are behind me. I've got to ask God for the grace to forget those things that are behind me. By the fact that it's even in the Bible that Paul recorded, it tells us it's a problem for believers. There's nothing recorded in the Bible that is not directed at us because it is common to all men, including the Apostle Paul because he wrote it. But the fact that it's even in the Bible tells us it's a problem for all believers, especially the great Apostle. We dwell on the past. We dwell on past mistakes. 
We, the devil's got our eyes upon the hurts of the past. He's got our eyes upon the betrayals of the past. He's got our eyes upon the spiritual failures, if you will. When I say spiritual failures, what I mean is that you had great intentions of doing something, of being something, of growing in God, of moving in it and, be, and being exercised in faith and growing in the things of God. But you did not make what you make happen what you wanted to make happen. I can tell you that you and I have to know that even the things that we did not attain to in our past, you can't go back to that because you cannot recover what's in your past. You've got to forget it. You can't, you know, I remember when the stock market hit the bucket in 2008. And I knew people that lost thousands and thousands. I'm not talking about 1,000. I'm talking 35, 40, 55, 60,000 dollars in the stock market. More than some people make in a year. They lost in one day. And I remember an economist said, all right, everybody needs to quit looking at what you had. And you need to look at what you have. Because everybody's wringing their hands looking at what they had. She said, it ain't there no more. You're here. So we got to stop and we got to snap ourselves into reality. So... We dwell on the past, past mistakes, past hurts, past failures. Wasted time and wasted opportunities that are lost. You cannot unscramble scrambled eggs. But everybody tries to pull that, you know, scrambled egg apart, trying to put that yolk back in its little round perfect bubble, and you can't. So stop. You don't know what they did. I said, we can't unscramble that. They can't undo that. So quit putting that pressure on them. God didn't put it upon you. Hey, 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 hey. Come on. Many believers in their heart, and their life, the thing that's in the past was careless neglect. Calendars replace calendar and you say, I wish I could go back. I wish I could do a lot of things, but I can't. And this has been a controversy even in my own life because, because I procrastinate sometimes or a lot of times. I'm getting better, praise the Lord. But the older I get, I'm finding out that, you know, you, you, you've got to give yourself a little more time to get to where you want to get. Or accomplish what you want to get accomplished. When I was young, I could run in here, you know, with my spiritual tennis shoes on, grab my guitar, and just start singing and just go. Well, I can tell you, I got to prepare now. People come in and they're, I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I used to make fun of people that made lists. Now I make lists. <laughs> what, you can't remember that you have a chiropractor appointment tomorrow? Oh, that was today. Okay. But I've learned something about not procrastinating. I've learned something about not allowing the things that I have to do overwhelm me and carry that over into your spiritual life. Because we live defeated because of what we've not done and, and, and it's careless neglect sometimes. Sometimes it's regrets. I had somebody say to me one time, I, I left a message on my voicemail and I said, uh, um, I, I regret I missed your call, but if you'll leave my, your name and number, I'll call you back. And somebody said, regret, regret. I said, well, that was just what came to my mind, you know. 
I said, I don't have any regrets. I said, none? Nothing. You've done everything perfect in your life. I can tell you we all have things that we wish would have been different. And if you say no, then you are the biggest pride bubble in the room. Because we all have things that we regret would have been different. And we could have done different. But, but I can tell you that even sometimes in foolish ignorance, and we have foolish ignorance. I've had foolish ignorance in my life. Where I look back and I think, Lord, I was foolish and I was ignorant. But now I see things differently. You know, somebody wrote a, a, a saying one time. They coined a phrase. They said, with age comes wisdom. Sometimes age comes alone. Remember that. The should have, could have, would have. Now going back to the Apostle Paul here, because I'm going somewhere. Paul was a religious zealot. And he said emphatically, in Philippians here, let me turn back there because I'm going to quote some scripture here. But in Philippians chapter 3, he said emphatically in verse 3, he said, For we are the circumcision which worships God in the Spirit, and rejoices in Christ Jesus and has no confidence in the flesh. And he, 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 he's speaking this and he's saying, our consecration and our circumcision is a matter of the heart. It's not about the external. It's a matter of the heart. And the, the consecra we're consecrated unto the Lord. And he said, our, 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 uh, let me go back to the scripture again. For the circumcision, we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit. In other words, uh, it's, it's not about a fleshly thing. It's about a heart that has had the flesh removed so that you can worship God and you can worship Him correctly and rightly because there's people that say they worship God and then there's people that worship God in spirit and in truth. Because there's only one kind of true worship and it's holy worship that's received from received from a holy worshiper to a holy God. And so, that's worshiping God in spirit and in truth. But he said, we have no confidence in the flesh. And he said, I could boast in my flesh, in verses 4 through 6, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he has whereof he might trust in the flesh, I'm more. I have way more that I can boast about. But I'm not. But he goes on to say, he said, I was circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee. I was the greatest Pharisee there was. I was the, I was the poster child for Phariseeism. I was the religious guy. He went about with papers and going about persecuting the real church. And he thought he was doing God a service. But he said, if there was anybody that was the most Jewish, it was me. If there was anybody that was, that was you know, fulfilling the law and, and fulfilling it to the letter, he said, if anybody could say they were that person, it's me. Nobody could say more than me. And he says, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteous which is in the law, I was blameless. He said, but what things were gained to me, those I counted absolute loss for Christ. Why am I saying this? Because he said, 
All of it was a waste. All of it was a loss. All of it was dung. Nothing eternal was gained from it except, in verse 8 he says, the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. Only what I've learned through it has been a benefit. Not the show, not all of the works, not all of the religion, none of that. What I learned from it, and what I learned from it is that there's a real. There's a religious, and there's a real. And I want to always be pursuing the real. Nothing eternal was gained from it except the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Remember that. Only what I've learned is what he was saying. That life in Christ, a life in faith, it's about having a grasp on reality of God. No more play in church. There's too many people that play church. And I'm gonna, I just want to tell you something, and this is, this, is, this is something that we all need to remember, and I believe we're real people in here. But ain't nobody going to hustle God. Nobody. People think they're hustling God. I'm like, you're not going to. He sees right through you. He knows everything about you. He knows your heart when other people don't know your heart, good or bad. You know, there's people that, that, that they, they look at somebody and they think, oh, they've got a good heart. and You don't know. Then there's people that, that you think they have a bad heart. And you don't know. You know what I mean? We, that's, why, we, that's why we shouldn't judge. We should just pray. You know? But he learned how to reach forth, Paul did. By learning, I have an allotment of time. In other words, what he was saying, because where I'm going tonight is reaching forth, pressing forth. Whenever you've been touched by the real, that's what you want to do. When I got saved, I wanted to continue to, to pursue God. I was touched so powerfully by God. You know, in my prayer time last night, as I just began to be touched by God and just refilled in my spirit, I said, Lord, you've answered my prayer. He didn't answer it the day I asked him, but a couple days later, he poured his spirit out. I said, Lord, I want the fire of the Holy Ghost again. I want the stirring in my heart. I just begin to lay before him the things in my life. You know, and I said, Lord, this is what I feel. This is what I see. This is where I'm at. Yes, I pray. Yes, I seek your face. But I feel like that I'm standing outside of a door waiting to get a breakthrough in my life but I can't seem to break through but last night it was like I was on this side I'm standing here and I'm saying God I want in, I want in and for the first time in a long time the door was opened and I felt the spirit of God so powerfully so wonderfully the tears began to fall the fire began to stir in my spirit the joy, the renewal in my life and I'm like thank God I'm crying crying out to God I'm praying I'm crying I'm weeping I'm overjoyed and I said Lord you're so good to me because see we lose touch of that real sometimes we go through the motions because of things that go on in our life things we allow in our life Getting busy and forgetting the reason we do what we do. And why we're who we're called to be. He learned how to reach forth by learning I have an allotment of time. See, when he was doing his religious work, he had no idea 
about time. But when he came to Christ, he realized, I've got an allotment of time. Because nobody that's religious ever thinks about eternity. They only think about what's going on here. I'm going to tell you right now, that house over there is great. I got a pool. I got a nice house. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the truck out there that I drive. I'm thankful for my guitars. I'm thankful for everything that I have that is a a comfort to me. Or if I say comfort, I mean something that is a blessing to me in this earth. But ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. I'm not taking none of this with me when I go home. I'm not taking the house. I'm not taking the guitars. I'm not taking the car. I'm not taking anything but what I have gained here by way of faith and myself salvation naked I came into this world naked I'm going out of this world and you and I've got to know amen religion always focuses upon here never upon eternity that's why people can have billions and millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of just of of finances that and they have need of nothing they won't give a nickel to the kingdom of God I said, there's people that are dying and going to hell. And you're going to leave all of that for somebody else to squander when somebody could come to Christ. I'm not saying drain your bank account. Maybe I'm not even talking to anybody in this building, but I'm talking to somebody on this live stream. I can tell you right now, we're all going to stand before God one day and give an account. Paul said, I've learned how to reach forth by learning that I have an allotment of time, a space of time, and I value this. It can't be withered away. It cannot be wasted. I count the past lost. Too many people are not seizing the moment or the future because they're trying to hold on to the past. Because they're so focused on the past. But I count the past lost is what he was saying. And I must seize what's ahead. You know how I know Paul learned this one word? This one specific truth? Because he moved from past to goals. From a wasted past to goals. And he says, now I have goals set before me. The problem with a lot of people in the church is that they don't have any goals set before them, spiritual goals. And I know some people are saying, this is a New Year's Eve message, Pastor. Let me tell you, we don't have time. We don't even have a month. We got to get on with this thing now. Amen. We cannot. The trump of God could sound. The trumpet could sound. And Jesus could come back. Anything could happen in 30 days. We need to make sure we got oil in that lamp. Come on. God said we don't have time anymore. We don't have time to wait for the perfect moment to preach a message that might be fitting traditionally. People need to understand. We got to forget those things that are behind us and press toward the things that are before us you got to have spiritual goals and our spiritual goals have to be you know what I am going to grow closer to God I am going to be more dedicated to God I am going to do the things that are going to bring me to that place I'm going to purpose to discipline myself I'm going to study on disciplines before God I'm going to study about prayer I'm going to pray and not just study about it I'm going to get into God's word 
You say, I got a problem with love. You need to study every scripture on love. All of them. And don't study what you think somebody else should be doing. Study what you should be doing. Amen. You know, we, we get upset and we, we get offended or something. We go through the scriptures sometime trying to find that scripture that fits. That's what the word of God says. I said, okay, I'm not trying to say that we don't get hurt. Get back up. Brush yourself off. You know, rub a little try acting on it. Try acting like a man. Try acting like a Christian. Come on. Oh, pastor, you're mean. No, I'm not. He said, endure hardness like a good soldier. Put on the whole armor of God. This is a warfare, folks. There's not people that enlist and people that don't. Everybody's in the army. Everybody's in the army. This isn't, well, I can choose to enlist or choose not to. You can't draft it. You can't dodge this draft. You can't dodge this draft. If you're a Christian, you've been called into the army of the Lord. You're a soldier for Jesus Christ. And we got to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Forgetting those things that are behind, press toward the things that are before me. I'm laying hold upon that because I got goals now. Paul said, I, I, you know, the goals that he had weren't really goals. It was just an agenda from hell. But heaven is our final resting place. Come on now. He said, I count the past lost so I can seize what's ahead. Satan wants us focused on the past. He's the accuser of the brethren. That means what you've done. Are y'all with me? He's the accuser of the brethren. That's always seemingly past tense inferred. If I accuse you of something, Mike, I'm accusing you of something that somebody said you did or I saw you did. You know? And that's always in the past in the context. What you've done wrong, not focused on what you're going to do. That's the devil's tactic. God, on the other hand, is all about where you're going. What you'll do, who you'll become. And thank you, Lord, for His grace and mercy and forgiveness. Because not only does He deal with those things from our past, and He helps us to overcome them through forgiveness, through mercy, through repentance, and through redeeming us. Thank God for all of that. But He gives us more grace. He gives us faith. He gives us hope. He gives us what we need for the past, and He gives us what we need for the future. I don't need faith in what I did in the past. It's already past. And I can't even believe I did some of the things in the past. Thank God we're to forget those things. We're new creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. Old things are passed away. But God gives us grace for tomorrow. Grace for today. Gives us faith for tomorrow. Faith for today. Hope for the moment we're in. And hope for where we're going. The Bible language is always walk in the Spirit. It's progressive. Set your affections. It's something that's looking forward to something. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's always looking progressively forward. Tarry until you be endued with power from on high. Jesus said, go into all the 
world and preach the gospel. Preach the word, Paul said to Timothy, instant, in season, out of season. Do the work of an evangelist. God is a progressive God. Why aren't you? Hey, I put myself in the mix. We must roll and move with his momentum. Satan wants us sitting in self-affliction and defeat, in the negativity of failure and despair. But God is saying, live. Are you hearing me? He's saying, live. I want to share something with you. Paul said in verse 12, I hope somebody gets this. Verse 12 of chapter 3. Amen. Threw me for a loop there for a second. He said, not as though. Let me read verse 11. If by any means. Well, yeah. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. That was his hope. Rising and resurrecting from the dead. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after if that I may apprehend that which for which that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. That wording there in the King James Version can tend to be a little bit difficult to kind of put together and understand. But I want to read it to you in the Amplified. And he said, not that I have already obtained it, talking about the resurrected life. As far as eternity is concerned. This goal of being Christ-like. Or have already been made perfect. But I actively press on so that I may take hold of that perfection. For which Christ Jesus took hold of me and made me his own. And I, I, I let me grab me a, a Kleenex here. Because I'm a little hot. But I'd rather be hot than cold. Or lukewarm. Please know. God doesn't want you anything but hot. He wants you lukewarm. He doesn't want you cold. Amen. And uh, He wants you hot. He wants you on fire for Him. Amen. But I was reading this today. And I thought, like Paul, I know that we haven't attained unto that resurrection life in eternity in heaven. That life that, that, that is to be of eternal life. But we already have eternal life in us. The life of God. Eternal life isn't just a place. It's God's spirit. It's his life. It's his everything that he is eternally in us. But it was the resurrection that brought our salvation experience, our born-again experience. And he said that I may apprehend or seize that resurrected life, which is how I was apprehended, by the way. Because he rose from the grave. He, the message of the gospel is resurrected life. It's resurrection life. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. It's eternal life. And he said the very eternal life is what has latched hold upon me. And he said that's the very thing that I'm grabbing for. And I may not have attained it yet there, but he said I'm going to keep on pressing forward. We have to continue in faith. We always have to be looking forward and reaching forward because if not, we're going backwards. 
that I may apprehend or seize resurrected life, which is how I was apprehended because of what Christ did. Too many seek the living among the dead. That's what the, that's, that's what the angel said to Mary. Why seek ye the living among the dead? He's not in this tomb. He rose from the grave. You're not going to find him here. Nobody, Jesus didn't say, now everybody go back to the tomb. Everybody that you want to win to Christ, say, come on, let's go back to Israel. Let's go to the tomb. He said, the everlasting life, the resurrected life lives in you. We sing it all the time. Jesus is alive. The tomb is empty. Hallelujah. Death could not hold him down. Right? Death could not hold him down. What's the next part? That's right. I'm wanting you to sing it. Maybe I need to sing it more often. Jesus is alive. The tomb is empty. Hallelujah. Death could not hold him down. My heart is full. He lives in me. He didn't say take them back to the tomb and show them it's empty. He lives in us. So Paul said, what's in me I'm reaching for? And people are going, who is this guy? Who is this person that's just pursuing God? They think you're nuts, but you're not. You've got living, you've got everlasting life within you. You've got the Spirit of God within you. You've got life within you. Jesus in you. Not in the tomb, but in your heart upon the throne. In the Holy of Holies, because your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So here we are. And Paul said, that which purchased my eternal life lives in me. And I'm constantly pursuing that. Amen. You, can, you can't pray death. You must pray life. Last night I got down. I said, Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm just, I just want, I'm not going to tell you everything, but I'm going to tell you this much. I just began to pray and I said, Lord, it's going all over the failures and the things. I'm so sorry. I, you know, I just don't know why I'm, I'm, and he said, stop, stop. Don't speak no more death. The reason why you're not getting a breakthrough in your life or times of your prayers because you're not speaking faith. You're not speaking life. You're not speaking that. You're speaking all of the self-afflicted, all of these things that are tearing you down and bringing you down. I'm just keeping it real, folks. I'm just telling you. And I said, Lord, I'm sorry. He said, a lot of people get caught up in that. But we're supposed to pray life, speak life, live life for God. We're supposed to speak faith. We're supposed to speak grace. We're supposed to speak love. We're supposed to be all of these things. This is what we're supposed to be. Don't pray that. Don't sabotage your prayer life. Amen. Can you imagine, okay, if I'd have went up to Angela when I first wanted to date her, and when we were before we were married, but when I first wanted to date her, can you imagine if I went up to her and I didn't I didn't go up to her and say, 
negative things. I said positive things. I said, I like you a lot. A lot. I want us to be exclusive. And she's like, it's our first date. (laughs) But can you imagine if I went up to her and I said, you know, I really like you, but I just don't see us together. I just don't think that you'd like me back. She'd probably be like, well, maybe not. You're not very confident about this. You know, you got to give people kudos for at least stepping up to the plate and saying, you know what, I know what I want. In faith. And I'm not going to settle for anything else. Lord, I come to you. You died for me. There's not a thing in the world that I need to look back to that I have done in my past or allow that to bring me down. You died for, you gave your life for me. Don't sit and wallow in self-affliction and death and unbelief and despair and hopelessness. That's not who we are. That's not what he purchased for us. He purchased for us that we might have joy unspeakable and full of glory, that we might have faith, that we might have hope. Are you hearing me today? God's talking. Through the apostle Paul, Many seek living among the dead. Don't do that. Don't pray that way. But pray and believe God in faith. Lord, I come to you. And if you need to ask God to forgive you, you ask him to forgive you. If you need to repent, you repent. But after you repent, don't go back and hash over what you just repented of. God doesn't lie. If he says, I will abundantly pardon, that's what he means. For you to go back and say, did you really forgive me, Lord? Yes, I did. You have to believe that in faith. God said, stop, pray faith. I heard him clearly. Let's move on to perfection. Lay aside every weight and the sin. Don't bury that talent in the ground. Begin to see it cultivated in your life and bring forth a fruit and a dividend. God showed me this calendar. I'm going to close with this. He showed me this calendar. This is from State Farm. Randy Shower, by the way. He's been a good agent. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So he sends me this Norman Rockwell (laughs) calendar every year. And God showed me this, and he said, take a look at it. It's filled with the span of a year. That's past, that's 24, and that's 25. It's, it's a span of two years. It's a, actually a span of two years and what was in the past. But he said to me in prayer, it's filled with the span of a year. It's broken up in months and days. Take one day at a time, hope and plan, prepare, be dedicated and disciplined. But see, what the enemy wants you to do is he wants you to see this as a whole and he wants you to be overwhelmed. God showed me some time back, you can't eat the whole elephant in one setting. You got to do it in bites. And I'm the kind of person that things just overwhelm me. I think, 
I've got to do this at the church. I've got to do this. I've got to take this person this place. I've got to do this at my house. And I've got to pray and I've got to study and I need to go to the gym and I need to do this. And I've got to make dinner. And, I'm, you know, the things that I, because I'm on this diet now, I've got to watch what I eat. So everything. And I'm just like, oh, I just can't do it. My goodness. Oh, Lord. So you pick up your phone and you start going through. Tell me it ain't true. Tell me it ain't so. You're like, hmm, oh, wow. Or the devil will put a hook in your jaw and drag you down some bunny trail. Come on in. God said, do not allow the goal to overwhelm you. He said, I broke it up in days and minutes and hours, weeks, months, years. Do not allow the past to hold you back or what's in front of you to overwhelm you. You have to worry about, now we're not at January 2024, but when we get there, he said, you have to worry about that day, that day. One day at a time. And church, we have to, look, I'm going to give you a little motivational here. We have to discipline ourselves. We have to pray and ask God to help us to discipline ourselves. No, this isn't the cross, the blood, and the shouting, and speaking in tongues, and running around the building. But this is what happens. We do that on Sunday, and then we're defeated Monday through Friday, through Saturday. You said, not me, but I'm telling you, people are. They shout and praise on Sunday, and, and then it's like, oh, I didn't get nothing done, and it's Thursday. I'm so defeated, the devil says, look at you. You're nothing but a big, huge failure. That's it. You can't even pray. Come on now. And you know when you don't pray, you don't feel like you're. I'm speaking your language without speaking it. God said, Jonathan, I was in prayer. And I'm like, Lord, I got all these things. He said, Jonathan, one day at a time, sweet Jesus. The answer may not come the day you pray, but it's coming. May not come the second day, but it's coming. He said, just focus on that day. Don't focus on what's behind you. Press toward what's ahead of you. Amen. But pastor, I have such a hard time getting up in the morning. Go to bed earlier. I just set you free. You can't stay up till 1, 2 in the morning and think you're going to get up and have a prayer meeting before you go to work in the morning. Amen. And let me tell you, nothing good on late at night. Just shut her off. Go to bed. We've all done it. Everybody's done it. God is speaking to us, and he's saying, if we're going to be overcomers in our life, there are some things that we have to get down and we have to understand. And we have to order our life after some structure, and some people have none. Some people have some. Some people that are just normal, they call extreme. But I believe that we all need to be people. We're Christians. We have so much time. The devil wants to lead you to believe that you have all this vast time. You don't. 
We have an allotment of time in our life. I said to my sister, I'm going to close. I said to my sister, I said, Mom's going to be 76, okay? I go, if she lives to be 85, maybe even, let's just say 85, 86, 87, we've got a good 10, 11, 12 years. I go, I see her once a year. So that means I'm going to see my mom 10 times in 12 years, 10, 11, 12 years. I said, I just wrapped my head around that. This is unbelievable. I have to redeem the time. I have to make good of the time that I have. You know, and I know I'm going to be with my mom in heaven. My mom's serving God. But I want to be with my mom. I want to see my mom. I want to see my dad. I realize and I have a, a grasp and an understanding how time is so valuable. And we have to redeem it. And we have to, in our spiritual life, press toward the things that are before us and not allow the enemy to have us looking backward and not be overwhelmed by what's in front of us. Because too many people are. I'm telling you, they are. They're overwhelmed. But God said to me one day, he said, I don't care if you pray 10 minutes. I, want, I would love to have more time. But he said, when you give me a dedicated time. I'm telling you, I've prayed through in 15 minutes. I've cried and worshiped God and prayed. And I thought, whoo, I felt good. Amen. Now, I spend more time in prayer. We should. There's nothing. We worship and we bring our petitions and everything. But what I'm saying to you is that dedicate that time and you're going to watch as that appetite begins to be created. And it's going to become greater and stronger and stronger. We've got to stop allowing the enemy to keep us on the side of the road with a flat tire and no gas, defeated, with no AAA card. I asked somebody one time, I said, do you have, have an older car? you have AAA? No. I said, you need it. Amen. You need it. You know, when we're going through the hardest times of our life, what we've sown to is what we're going to draw from. Man that doesn't work shouldn't eat. A person that doesn't labor in the things of God, when they need it, it's not going to be there. You're going to have to have somebody else come over and pray you through to victory. But when you're prayed up and you've been in the word and you're built up in faith, when you go through something, you're going to be like, you know what? It is well with my soul. It is my baby may be sitting there dead, but it is well with my soul. Amen. It is well with my soul. You're not going to need anybody else to carry you through. You got Jesus. Amen. You don't have to go to the phone. You can go to the throne. Praise God. And God is bringing us all through things in our life so that we have this relationship solidified because we're going to need him as the days continue on. Redeem the time, church. Focus on that. Be mindful of that. Be mindful that you have goals ahead of you and you have to pray and make those goals. You have to. You have to. I said, Lord, help me. Prayer I never prayed before. Help me to be disciplined in my life. And you know that if you go, they say 21 days of doing the same thing, you will discipline and develop a habit. That's what it takes. And the devil will make sure that he tries everything to stop that habit from continuing. 
But you know what? If you fall and miss it one day, get back up. Don't let him slap you around and tell you how horrible you are and unspiritual, unspiritual you are and undedicated and disciplined you are. No, today we're going to come back to this altar and make things right. Going to go on with God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, that's it tonight. Father, I thank you tonight for the word. And Lord, I just thank you for your grace and your mercy. I thank you that there are one scripture a text in the Bible that we can glean from and pattern our life after and order our life after. And it came from you. It wasn't the Apostle Paul. You spoke through him, inspired by the Holy Ghost to write that, forgetting those things that are behind, pressing toward the things that are before. Help us tonight. Let this message not just fall by the wayside because you wanted this to be spoken tonight. But help us tonight, Father. Help us, Father God, to pursue you and, and see the goals ahead of us. And the goals are to spend more time in prayer, spend more time in the Word, spend more time in devotion and laying before you, spend time working for you, Lord, and serving in the body of Christ evangelizing, God witnessing, God doing everything we can do to serve. Because Lord, this life is but a vapor and it's not forever. This is not our eternity. Heaven is our eternity. Help us to forget the things behind, press toward the things that are above or in front of us. And Lord, pursue you in every area and give us the grace and the Holy Spirit and the knowledge of the word to do it. We ask you this in Jesus' name tonight. Amen. God bless you as you go.